Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Big Recon on Sports Podcast. I am your host, I am the Big Recon, and today is Friday, September the 20th, 2019. We are going to begin this episode on a little bit of a somber note. Uh, it was announced today through social media and the news that Buckeye great Howard Hopalong Cassidy has passed away at the age of 85. Hopalong, of course, was Woody Hayes' real, first real star uh, in his tenure at Ohio State. Of course, when you think of Ohio State, you think of Woody Hayes, you think of Urban Meyer, you think of guys like Zeke Elliott and, are, of course, Archie Griffin, Earl Bruce, Chris Carter. But really, the second big star in the history of the school's program after Chick Harley was Howard Hopalong Cassidy. When I did my Mount Rushmore episode, of course, Hopalong was on the Mount Rushmore of Ohio State players. Not only was he on the Mount Rushmore of Ohio State players, Howard Cassidy was a chief scout for the New York Yankees. As at Ohio State, Howard was a two-sports star. He played shortstop on the Buckeye baseball team and, of course, defensive back and running back for the football team. Uh, Buckeye Nation will head into its game tomorrow against Miami of Ohio with a heavy heart. So, as I mentioned last week when we recorded the episode, we're going to do a football wrap-up every week. Uh, I will drop this in the beginning of it. As I mentioned last episode, the reason I have not done a lot with the NFL and college football so far is that the New York Mets are still in it. And as I record this episode, Ahmed Rosario has just hit a two-run homer. The Mets lead the Cincinnati Reds 3 to nothing in the seventh inning, and Jacob deGrom is dealing. So we'll have our year-long Mets wrap-up episode coming up. Hopefully a lot later than next weekend. But I digress. So we're going to review the um, Ohio State massive win over Indiana last Saturday. And of course, the uh, the giant win by the Browns at uh, MetLife Stadium Monday night against the Jets. And let's start with that one there. Uh, the Browns coming off of maybe the worst way outside of a catastrophic injury. You could start a season with so much hype. The 43-13 debacle that was 18 penalties and 180-plus yards that killed that team. And of course, when that happens, everything snowballs and you get hood stomped. They went into Monday night with a bigger edge than what people thought they would have. Now the Jets, it's not that the Jets are a bad team, but the Jets are not as talented on the offensive side of the ball as they are on the defensive side of the ball. Bringing in C.J. Mosley, having Jamal Adams to captain the very back end of that defense, and a pretty good defensive line with third overall pick Quinnen Williams, and of course Leonard Williams, that massive uh, defensive lineman out of USC. The Jets have some pieces on defense. Now on offense, of course, they have Sam Darnold. Oh wait, Sam Darnold has mono. That's not a typo or a misquote. Sam Darnold has mono. I will not speculate on who he was kissing. But in all seriousness, mono is a very serious, serious illness when it comes to being a player in the National Football League. Because mono can enlarge the spleen, it basically, a bad hit if he tried to play could kill him. 
So Darnold is out indefinitely, which means Trevor Simeon, the John Elway cast-off, was now the starting quarterback for the Jets. And on the first drive, he got to meet Miles Garrett pretty quick. Garrett was an absolute force on Monday night. Constantly in the quarterback's face, registering three sacks. The guy who said he wanted to be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year really put up instead of shut up in Monday night's game. He did, however, get called for offsides on a couple of different occasions, and he also got called for roughing the passer. Now, the roughing the passer that he got called for was the new rule about landing with your full body weight on the quarterback. You know, I'm not a fan of that rule. That rule, to me, is the targeting rule in college football. It is an absolute joke, and I believe needs to be revisited because you're asking them to tackle high, you're asking them to form tackle better, and you're asking them not to go low and hurt somebody's legs. Well, unfortunately, when you tackle high and you form tackle correctly, you're not going to hit with the crown of the helmet, you're not going to lead with your head, you're going to lead with your shoulder. And when you go down, you're going to land on what you're pushing to the ground. Why this doesn't come up in anybody's brain in the NFL Rules Committee, I don't know. But it's not mine to question. It's mine to talk about on my podcast and say how much of a joke it is. I also think the penalty on Jamal Adams on the hit on Baker Mayfield, whereas that was a late hit, you can't blame the guy for hitting Baker the way he did after running across the field the way he did. But that wasn't the story Monday night. The story Monday night was the Browns getting some kind of momentum. The Jets, it's unfortunately another lost season, which had so much hype with the addition of Le'Veon Bell. You kind of feel bad for him, but I, the ship sailed on my Jets fandom a long time ago. Baker didn't look great, but Baker did enough to win. Uh, leading a couple of touchdown drives, Austin Seibert, the kicker out of Oklahoma, who I didn't see kick a lot of field goals in college because all Oklahoma did was score touchdowns, uh, kicked a few field goals on uh, Monday night, including a huge one set up by a great drive toward the end of the first half. The Jets had a drive that stalled deep in their own territory. They punted the ball away. Jarvis Landry, who I don't like returning kicks because I don't want him to get hurt, had a good return. Baker executed a great drive, and Jarvis made a great catch in the seam of the zone to set up Seibert at over 40-plus. The two plays of the game on offense for the Browns that stuck out. The first one was in the first quarter, and it led to the first score. Baker Mayfield threw a pass to Odell Beckham Jr. that I don't believe anybody else in the NFL could have caught. He put it over the defensive back's head, right in the right arm of Odell. He didn't catch it with both hands. There was some hand fighting there. He was able to catch it with one hand, stay in bounds, get the Browns in the red zone. They end up kicking a field goal to make it 3-0 early in the game. From that point on, the Browns' defense really took over. They didn't let Le'Veon Bell get going until after Trevor Simeon was hurt uh, on another play that was called a penalty on Miles Garrett. Uh, Bell didn't have that great of a night because the Browns' defense knew to go after him. 
another big kudos to the Browns defense. Jamison Crowder was targeted a billion times in week one. Billions too big. He was targeted 14 times in week one. Had a bunch of catches against Buffalo. Jamison Crowder didn't really do anything in that game. Robbie Anderson didn't really do anything in that game. Newly acquired Demarius Thomas didn't do much in that game. This was a game that was not as close as the 23-3 score suggests. And then we have the play of the game. Quick slant, beginning of the second half, from their own 10-yard line after the Jets went uh, forward on fourth down and were stumped. Baker hits Odell, and Odell is gone. 90 yards, I'm sorry, 89 yards. I don't know if it's my fault for not paying attention for all the years he was in with the Giants. Um, I don't know if it's my fault for not caring because I'm not a huge Giant fan. Uh, sorry, Ma, my mother-in-law. I really don't like the Giants. But I didn't realize Odell was that fast. And holy cow, was he gone. Look, I'm not happy with where the Browns are. I think they have a ton of room to get better. And they better get better quick. Next week's episode, we'll be reviewing the game against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. Uh, second primetime game in two weeks for this team. Um, when you play the Rams, you have to deal with Aaron Donald. You have to deal with Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. And now Brandon Cooks is in L.A. This is a very, very good football team that is coming off a Super Bowl run. They, of course, didn't show up in the Super Bowl, but that's neither here nor there. The only good thing about this is the Rams have to come to Cleveland. And I know First Energy is going to be rocking on Sunday night. Uh, I will have it on here to listen to Jim Donovan and Doug Deacon call this game, and it's so much fun to see the Browns relevant again. That city, one of the places I call home, has been dying for this. Because no matter how good the Cleveland Cavaliers are, and no matter how good the Cleveland Indians are, it's a Browns town. But the Browns have to bring it. Baker has to be patient, and he has to take what the defense gives him, especially with Donald, who's going to be in his face all day. I believe the Browns receivers are better than the Rams' secondary, and the Browns took a big hit today with David and Joku going on IR. Let's see what Sunday night brings. Again, very impressed with the Browns defense Monday night. The offense has some work to do. Can't take half the season to get better. You got to get better now. And they got to put the work in this week. And I think if they win Sunday night, it'll send a message to the NFL. We're going to figure this thing out. So the second of our two games we're going to review is Ohio State's 40-plus point win at Indiana on Saturday. The first game in the Big Ten on the road. Um, Two years ago, Ohio State opened the season at Indiana, and that was J.K. Dobbins' first game as a Buckeye running back. The true junior really showed out again on Saturday. 22 carries, 193 yards, a touchdown, that Joel Klatt has called one of the best runs he's seen so far. 
He forced six missed tackles, a giant stiff arm at the end, and he dragged two guys across the goal line to score a touchdown on Saturday. Had another huge run on Saturday. The Buckeye defense... Coming into this season, I knew how young the Ohio State defense was. Chase Young was going to be the focal point. You had Damon Arnett stayed in school because Chris Carter told him he wasn't ready for the NFL. You had Tough Borland coming back. You had a good, deep defensive line coming back. Here is what is shocking me so far. This defense is fast. They are ball hawks. They are not playing in Greg Schiano's man... uh, Man on defense, they are playing in a zone where they can use their speed to create havoc. They're not creating turnovers quite yet, which they need to start doing, especially with the bulk of their record or their excuse me, their schedule coming up. It's Miami of Ohio tomorrow, but then it's at Nebraska, and you get into the teeth of the Big Ten schedule from there. The Ohio State defense on Saturday. I can't even begin to tell you. I listened to a lot of the game uh, on Saturday afternoon in the car. My son uh, had a cross-country event in Warwick, New York, where that kid ran a 5K in under 22 minutes. Just for you guys to know. And we listened to the game on the way back, and I got to tell you, this defense has impressed me to no end. Like I said, they are fast. They get pressure on the quarterback. They can stop the run, and their cover guys are good enough to keep a big wide receiver in check. That's going to come in handy with the next few weeks. As I said, Miami of Ohio tomorrow, at Nebraska, home for Michigan State, at Northwestern, Home for Wisconsin before the bye week on November 2nd, and then they run the gauntlet. Maryland at Rutgers, home for Penn State, and at the big house against that garbage team up north. The two biggest question marks coming into this season, let's say three, the three biggest question marks. One was the defense, which, yes, they haven't played upper echelon competition. But they played FAU with a dynamic offense and really kind of held their own. In week two, they pitched a shutout against Cincinnati. They did that to Luke Fickle. They went into Indiana, a team with a good offensive line and running game, and they beat them by 41. Miami, Ohio, Saturday. The defense has shown out so far. Question two, could Ryan Day continue the momentum set up by Urban Meyer in seven seasons of nearly flawless football? I believe Ryan Day can do that. We will not know what Ryan Day is as a head coach as far as what he can bring to Ohio State for three or four years, maybe even five, because this is not his recruiting class. This is Urban's team as far as the players he brought in. Having said that, in professional sports, with the exception of basketball, because apparently the players run that entire league, 
The general manager is the guy that brings in all the players. They make the deals. They fill, stock the rosters in the minor leagues with draft picks and signees. They talk to their scouts internationally and say, okay, we're going to bring this guy in from here, bring this guy in from here. They are the ones that compose the roster, and the managers or coaches are the ones who get the most out of the players. This is how I'm looking at this season. This season, Urban Meyer is the Ohio State general manager. Ryan Day is the head coach. When we get through Urban's final recruiting class, which was this year, in reality, then Ryan Day will bring on, will take on a mantle of GM and head coach at the same time. I think Ryan Day will be fine with that. So far, he has worked very well with the offense as the main play caller. This team looks really good. Question three was at quarterback. Think about it this way. In the last five years, as as Fox updates me again, as Pete Alonso has hit number 50, and the New York Mets are up 5-0. Urban Meyer had these guys play quarterback for him in his time at Ohio State. Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, Dwayne Haskins. You have the guy who has the most touchdowns, yards, everything in Big Ten history in JT Barrett. You have... Uh, Braxton Miller, who should have won a Heisman Trophy had he not gotten injured. You have Cardell Jones, who all he did was never lose a game as a starter and win a national championship. You have Dwayne Haskins, who in one season broke every single season record in Big Ten history. Yards, attempts, completion percentage, the whole nine yards. He broke them all. Throw for 50 touchdowns in 14 games. He set every record in the Big Ten championship game. It can't get much better than that, can it? I think it can. Justin Fields is the real deal. This was the number one recruited quarterback coming out of high school just a couple years ago. By the way, the number two recruited quarterback that year was Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Justin Fields is really a hybrid of JT Barrett and Dwayne Haskins. The ball he throws isn't as pretty as Dwayne Haskins' ball that he throws, but it is accurate. It is on time. He can throw into windows. He runs the ball like J.T. Barrett. His first play from his first touchdown at Ohio State was an RPO. He kept the ball. He went for 50 yards. On Saturday, Fields, 14-24, 199 yards, three touchdowns. One of them to Chris Olave, which was just an absolute beautiful throw. On the season so far, he's 52 of 74, 657 yards, nine touchdowns, and more importantly, zero interceptions. Ohio State has not turned the ball over. This is going to be huge getting into the teeth of that Big Ten schedule where these guys play defense. Joel Klatt has said he's been most impressed with Ohio State this year, and he's seen him twice. I have only been able to watch, I watched the first half of the first game, um, and I've had a lot of other stuff going on. I will watch, not tomorrow, but in two weeks, 
when they play Nebraska on Saturday night. That's been turned to a night game on ABC. What I look for in this team going forward, keep protecting the football, keep running the football. J.K. Dobbins is having a phenomenal year already. He's going to become the first Buckeye running back in a long time to go for three seasons at over 1,000 yards. Um, make sure you stay balanced on offense and on defense. Continue to get after the quarterback. Start ter- uh, creating more turnovers in the secondary. Damon Arnett had a 97-yard touchdown uh, pick six on Saturday. Create more turnovers. Make sure you can stop the run. Remember, this is the Big Ten. You got to stop the run. You got to make these quarterbacks in the Big Ten who unfortunately aren't as talented as some of the other guys they may have on the field, beat you. And I think Ohio State can win every game going out if they can do those things. As the competition gets better, let's see how they respond. Let's see how many points they can put up. Let's see how many points they can prevent. So I'm in the podcast football, uh, fantasy football league. And this past week, I played against the league commissioner with the Project Takeover. Um, I will say this. I have not listened to any of their stuff as of yet. With everything going on, him that group and I actually just started conversating just a few weeks ago with the Fantasy Football League starting. I will say this. One of the things that we have to do if we... Uh, lose each week is we have to plug the guy who beat us in their podcast. Project Takeover is from the reviews I've read of people I've worked with on here, a phenomenal podcast. Again, another per, another group of people who knows what they're doing and knows what they're talking about. They're not just fans throwing their opinion out to have it heard. They actually pay attention, know what they're talking about, and apparently can draft a really good fantasy team. Truth be told, they beat me by three quarters of a point. As always, Big Recon can be found on Anchor, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Google, and Breaker. We can be found on Facebook, Big Recon on Sports. Going to get back into the YouTube channel. That's where we're going to do the Big Mets review for the year. Big Recon on Sports. And my personal Twitter handle, at Big Recon on Sports. Tune in next week for the review of week three of the NFL and week four of college football with Ohio State and the Browns. I'm also going to get into a little bit of the top ten when it comes out with the AP poll. Want to give my opinion on a couple of teams I think that are hanging around that really shouldn't. Thanks for tuning in again this week, guys. Take care.